Yes, hello everyone. Welcome to Joy Entertainment Unpacked, a weekly series of Twitter Spaces discussions on Joy FM Twitter handle Joy99.7. This is actually the third edition uh, for this particular conversations. Uh, we did the first two last week and you guys really joined in. You joined in your numbers. We appreciate that. We are back once again. Uh, my name is Kwame Dazi, an entertainment journalist, and I work with Joy FM uh, from the multimedia group in Ghana. Joy Entertainment Unpacked basically takes a deeper look at issues in the arts, tourism, and culture. Joy Entertainment Unpacked is produced by Philip Nye, Oliver Fangman on social media, with support from Adam Knighty, the program's manager. Of course, it is powered by Joy Entertainment. My name, once again, is Kwame Dazi. We'll be doing this uh, from time to time. We'll be taking a look at some of the issues in the creative art industry. But tonight, we want to take a look at something that is more African than Ghanaian, you know. So we've picked our uh, guests or speakers from across the continent. We have some Ghanaians, yes, and also some people from other parts of the continent. And so that is what we're going to do tonight right here. On our Twitter spaces, it is Joy Entertainment Unpacked. Joy Entertainment Unpacked. Make sure you like all our social media pages, Joy Entertainment, and be part of the bigger family. Yes, make sure you do that. Already, all my speakers are uh, ready to set the ball rolling, and so we're not going to waste much time at all right here. Make sure, once again, that uh, you like our page, Joy997FM is what we are actually having the discussion on tonight. So you can just like or follow our page right about now. Okay, so uh, recently, British actor Idris Elba had an interview, uh, I think at a, yeah, in, on a Kumasi-based Opimso FM. Yes, yeah, so a Kumasi-based radio station called Opimso FM recently. And he says something that has reignited the conversation of Africans telling their own stories. Africans telling their own stories that is uh, a conversation that has been raised from that interview he had a few weeks ago now let me give you uh the quotes let me let me quote what he said exactly in that interview he said african stories have always been told outside of africa it is important that we start telling our stories inside of africa from africans again he said African stories have always been told inside of Africa. African stories have always been told outside of Africa. Sorry. It is important that we start telling our stories inside of Africa from Africans. Unquote. This is something that Idris Elba said in an interview uh, a few weeks ago on Kumasi-based radio station of Pemsaw FM. Now, you all know there have been Criticism of African stories told from the perspective of Western filmmakers who have maybe stereotyped the continent and told our stories from the lens of poverty, famine, misery, foreign aid, and all those negative things. As a powerful art form, filmmaking is a tool that shapes minds and molds societies. And America has done it. Is America, they have succeeded in using film to tell how great America is, marketing their culture to the rest of the world, and so the question is, can same be said of the African film or Ghanaian film for that matter? But what really is the African story? 
What is the African story? One that has African cast? One that has African director? Or one that is set in locations in Africa? One that tells indigenous African tales? Well, let's find answers to all these tonight right here on Joy Entertainment Unpacked. My name is Kwame Dazi, and uh, already my guests are ready. And so let me go straight and introduce my guest for tonight right here in this particular uh, discussion. So my first guest is a Ghanaian filmmaker and a producer. You know, after directing a number of short films, he released his first feature film, Kitiki. And he has since released great movies like Side Chick Gang, Aloe Vera. You know, he has movies like The, the Master and Three Maids, The Traveler, and others. Now, Aloe Vera is one of the biggest that he's produced. And even, I think, a year or two ago, he had it premiered in a number of Francophone countries. Yes, yeah, so this is one person who is making great strides in the film industry right here in Ghana. Ladies and gentlemen, Peter. Kofi Serufia. Hello, bro. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good at, at all. How are you doing? Good We're evening to everyone. Well. We're also doing well. Charlie, we miss you down here in Ghana, man. Please, you miss me down I'm down in Ghana. Are you sure you are down? <laughs> 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 okay, so that is Peter Serufia. Now, let's go to Nigeria. Um, there is this film and content producer, She's a researcher, a writer with experience in diverse and competitive roles in the media and film industry. She has a degree in filmmaking from the Multi-Choice Talent Factory, also a graduate of mass communication from the University of Lagos. She currently uh, produced a film called Revisit, which is on Showmax. She's young and enterprising. Ladies and gentlemen, Omounola Giwa, did I get the name right? <laughs> no, you tried. I tried, I tried. Okay, okay, so, so pronounce because <laughs> I actually asked you to do a voice note for me. Okay, so pronounce yeah. your name for us. Let's hear. Omo Wanola. Omo Wanola. It sounds like an urban name right here in Ghana. That's fantastic. So <laughs> Omo is, is joining us uh, from Nigeria. Promises to be a very insightful discussion tonight. Yes, uh, we also have... Tony Asankuma. Tony Asankuma is an art writer. He is a film critic and a reporter for one of the very few websites for movies that we have in Ghana, ghmoviefreak.com. Tony, how are you? I'm Kwame. How are you? We're also doing well right here at Joy FM. Now, let me go to Uganda. They are about three hours ahead of us. You know, this gentleman should be sleeping by now, but he decided to join us to have this discussion. Uh, so from Uganda is this actor who also works in the media. He's the host of Cinema Blitz on MBS TV in Uganda. Guys, welcome. Crazy Patrick. <laughs> Hello, my brother. Hello, people. How are you doing? I'm in Uganda. Oh, here. Yeah, you're good, man. <laughs> <laughs> I know it is late, but uh, yeah, I, I'm very interested in uh, contributing to exactly, to, exactly. To and I like, I like how you entered earlier. You know, you were trying to to see if everybody was around. Hello, hello, where is everybody and all that? Charlie, I love that. I love that. <laughs> welcome, <laughs> but you know welcome. your name. You know your name, Kwesi. You know, um, in Ghana, <laughs> it is Kwesi. You know, mm-hmm. uh, a boy, a boy born on on Sunday, Kwesi. But in Uganda, it's Kwesi. So I think uh, 
I don't know if you, yeah, you, need to, you need to go ask your grandfather and trace your ancestry. You might come from Ghana. <laughs> <laughs> no, Kwezi means the moon. The moon. Wow, yeah. interesting. Thank you very much. Thank you very much uh, to yeah. all the speakers for joining us tonight. And so tonight, we are taking a look at the African story. What is the African story? Idris Elba says that most times, uh, our stories are told by people from outside of Africa. He wants us to tell our own stories. Idris wants Africans to tell African stories. What is the African story? Let me start with you, uh, Peter Sedufia, film producer. Let me ask you what, what you think of, uh, what, what's your concept about African story? When we say African story, help us understand what it is. Yeah, um, Amida, thank you very much. And once again, um, good evening to all your listeners and then the co-speakers. What is African story? Uh, that, that's a very difficult question because really, I feel that everyone that is writing um, is inspired by something, has some form of inspiration to write whatever they write. So if they imagine their character being um, uh, an African warrior, then it becomes an African story. If they imagine their uh, story also happening, maybe in some parts of, they took inspiration from, maybe some happening in some parts of, of Africa and decided to make a story out of it, then it becomes an African story. Really, that is what I can say as, as, as being an African story. There's, there's nothing there concretely to say, okay, this is an African. I just feel that they are all inspirations that come from, from whatever we see around us that are based within the continent that we want to write about and, and, and write on. That is all I can say that is an African story. Let, let me move to Omo, Omo Unola um, and ask her <laughs> what she thinks about what an African story is. Omo. Uh, hi, Kwame. Thank you so much. And thank you all for listening. Um, personally, just as Peter has said, I feel like to place, to put a definition to the African story is quite hard and difficult to do because when you say African story, I think it also falls under perspective. How do you, or what do you believe the African story is? Some people will tell you African story has to do with tradition, culture, um, seeing our, um, history, our beliefs, our values of, as people, that's the African story. But at the same time, some people will tell you that we have advanced over the years and doesn't make our story less African. So I feel like to define this would mean that to say that an African story is who we are, is portraying who we are as a people. And when we say who we are, who we are is quite dynamic because we also get to change over time. Our culture is part of our story. Where we are coming from is part of our story. But where we are also going is part of the African story. So I think that when you talk about African story, and that's why they always say that it's not, it shouldn't be a one-sided story. We shouldn't just see poverty because that's not all that makes an African story. An African story to someone from the you know, A class would likely be, oh, yeah, I'm living my best life or, oh, this is the best thing that's happened to me or this is the best um, place to be and stuff like that. But for someone else, it's poverty. It's, so I think African story encompasses everything about us, our past, 
our present and our future as Africans. Okay, okay. Let, let me let me introduce to you uh, one person, one of the speakers who just joined us, and he is a Ghanaian poet. He's a playwright. He's a creative entrepreneur, and also known for creating the Ghanaian historical stage play Wogbejeke. Uh, recently, he did another one called The Manson World. And he has performed on a lot of international platforms uh, and local platforms, if you like. Although he's more inclined towards the stage, he has love for movies and he has a forte in storytelling. Chief Moomin has joined us. Hello, Chief. Yeah, thank you very much, <clears throat> Kwame. I'm just rushing from my last program. Oh, on God. Thank you very much. <laughs> back to back. Thank so, you very much. Uh, and, I'm and glad good to evening have you. to all the cool speakers. Yes, it's lovely to connect via the space. Great, great. Now, Chief Moomin, we're talking about African story now, uh, as of now. And um, um, Peter Serifia has given his opinion. Um, Omo has also spoken. What, what, is, what is your definition or your description of an African story? Sorry, um, Kwame. Yeah, hello. Yeah, Chief. Yes. Hello, Chief. Okay, so I, I was I was asking what what you think an African story is or the African story is. What is the okay. African story? <clears throat> no, I think that Rukia was spot on, and that's exactly my perspective too. That the story of the people are the story of where they, they have come from, where they are, and where they are going. Essentially, the Ghanaian word, which means Wogbejeke, which is the title of uh, the production I did on Ghana's history. You know, I chose that title because of, you know, what it spoke to, you know, the, 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 the story of a people is not an instant, you know, it, it's a continuum, it's a continuum. continuous process so where they have come from where to say that offensive and even say what is a Ghanaian story because that story in itself is diverse so is the sum total of our experiences past present and future another very simple way is to, is to look at who is telling it you know so for example if it's an african telling it that's a very simplistic way but if it's an african telling a story the assumption is that that african is telling a story from their perspective so that in itself is an african story and what is being told well if it is related you know to africa you know to our history you know to our people to our cultures to our experiences is an african story but i think that a lot of these things are always going to be on a case by case basis so, Chief, so if an African tells a story that, that is steeped in, let's say, Indian origin, do you still call it an African story? Hello, Chief, did you hear me? Uh, I don't know if Omo is listening, if you, can, if you can answer this particular one. Let's say an African tells an Indian story. How do you call that an African story? Okay, um, so if an African tells an Indian story, of course, we can't say that that's an African story, except if they are tending it or tailoring it towards the African. They are now bringing like an African angle to the story, which is why I said that. It's, it's, me, for me, I, don't, I, I, I wouldn't say it's really about like who is telling the story, but more about where you're from, what is their present, their past, and their future. So it's not really about who is telling the story. It's about what are you telling about 
that story where are the people or what part or what region are you talking about and it, does it have to do with where you're from as an african what has what is our past experience and where we're going do you understand what i mean I sure that's, that's sure clear. sure um okay so so still here with us uh joy entertainment um packed twitter spaces and tonight we're looking at um african stories so idris elba says something in an interview in kumasi a few weeks ago and he was saying that uh, africans need to tell the african story we need to tell our stories we don't need to let people from from outside tell our stories that is something that idris elba said but the question we're asking now is what the African story is. What is the African story? Um, Peter Serufia, uh, Omar, and Chief Moomin have tried, or they have answered, they have given their answers to this particular question. Let me go to um, Kwesi. Kwesi is, uh, uh, let me say, a film reviewer. He is a show host, a movie show host on MBS TV in Uganda. Hello, Kwesi. Hello, Kwame. All right. So you've listened to Chief Moomin, you've listened to Omar and Peter Serufia. This is their conception of, or their idea of African story, what an African story is. What do you make mm -hmm. of it? What do you think is an African story? Uh, first of all, we have a lot of African stories to tell, more than Hollywood, more than Bollywood. We have a lot of stories here in Africa to, 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 uh, to, as a message through film. Well, before actually we even go to see how we can tell our own stories, how African filmmakers tell their African stories here in, uh, in Africa, we should first actually understand why have we failed to tell our own African stories. You see, so because there is, there is a lot, like uh, the skills, the knowledge, we have a lot of stories to tell, but the skills to apply it, a very small story in Hollywood can be told uh, just like that, and it makes a very big story because of the technology, because of the way they do it, because they understand it and the concentration, you see, so we need to first understand first adapt the skills and the knowledge of how to tell that African story. We can have a very good story, but we cannot uh, portray it out, especially through film. You see, so, but we have a lot of stories there, especially here in Uganda. Our film industry is growing, but uh, a, lot, a lot of filmmakers here are getting a lot of difficulties making, uh, uh, making uh, telling our own stories. First of all, our own stories are very rich, richer than any other story in Africa, in, in any setting, in any other uh, film industry in the world, you see. So me, my only, my angle I come from is, why have we failed to tell our own stories here in okay, Africa? Okay, we, we will come there. Kwezi, Kwezi, we, we will come there. I, I I'll get to you. I will come there. We'll break mm. that down later. Let, let me, let me, um, you take, take a break. Let me go to Tony Asankuma and then come back to you later. Tony Asankuma is a film critic. Uh, Tony, mm -hmm. are you there? Hello, Tony. Hello, Tony. Yeah, call me. I'm here. Hello. Okay, great. So Tony Asankuma is on right now. Tony, what is the African story? Is Beast of No Nation an African story? Is the Black Panther an African story? Is Woman King an African story? What is the African story? Uh, for me, I would say an African story is basically anything that has um, has the nuances of what Africans are and what Africans are supposed to be. So it, it doesn't necessarily have to be something that, that is um, connected to our, our roots or our history, 
But if it's something that people can easily identify as being African, then I would consider it as an African story. So yes, to some extent, um, the Beast of No Nation does seem like an African story because it's, um, it, it speaks on um, civil war, something that has um, happened in Africa before. Um, also, it's situated in Africa, so definitely you can, you can, you can say it's an African story. For um, Black Panther, yes, again, to some extent, you can call it an African story because it's something that ad identifies particularly with the continent and, and, and the people from this continent, even from the film, although some people can say it's misappropriated culture, you could still trace it back to certain tribes or certain parts of Africa. Yes, yeah, so those two films, I can say, are African stories. I also mentioned uh, Woman King. Yes, um, of course, Woman King, uh, for the subject matter that is based on, um, definitely it's an African story, although there has been criticism as to it being not totally accurate. You can still identify that, yes, this is a story, or this is a film based on a story that is from a particular tribe or group of people that are obviously Africans. So, yes, it does qualify as an African story. And again, like I said, it does not necessarily have to be um, something that's uh, culturally tied to Africans, but I believe that any, any story that has the nuances or has traces or linkages to what Africans are or who Africans are supposed to be, I would consider it as an African story. Um, let me go to Chief Mumi. Chief, I want I want us to critically analyze the statement that Idris Elba made a few weeks ago in that radio interview. Let, let's analyze that and then see, try to make meaning of it. He said African stories have always been told outside of Africa. It is important that we start telling our stories inside of Africa from Africans. Can you hear me, Chief Mumi? Hello, can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you now. Can you? Yes, please repeat the question again. Yes, so I was, I was asking, I was just trying um, to, to, uh, to let you help us understand Idris Elba's statement in that interview. He said that African stories have always been told outside of Africa. It is important that we start telling our stories inside of Africa from Africans. Haven't we told our stories? Haven't Africans told their stories enough? Haven't we done that? Well, I think that from Idris's perspective, what I would surmise is to what extent are our voices being projected well enough on the global platform? Now we all know the off-the-use term, the world is a global village. Thanks to technology, there's an exchange of stories, ideas, you know, crisscrossing the globe. Sometimes it would seem that we here are at the consumption side of things you know where we're absorbing everything that the world is producing and we're consuming how are we also producing for others to consume so if you look at it from that way how are we asserting our voice on the global cultural landscape you know our movies our stories our animations our theater our music how are we also gaining that share of the global marketplace then i i guess it connects directly obviously we've been telling our own stories you know from long time in in back in the days from the story 
stories we used to tell by the fireside, you know, under the moonlight at the village, all the way to modern times. You know, there's definitely stories that are being told, but how well are these stories being harnessed and projected on the global scale? So probably I believe that that's what, what he was talking about. And obviously it is possible for someone to tell your stories. You know, when it comes to issues of classification, for example, The Woman King was, is not an African-produced movie, right? It's, sure. it's a foreign-produced movie, but sure. this is an African story that has been told. Yeah. You know? For example, in my field, The Lion King that has been staging, we would take the theater production. If you go into the history, they will tell you that it was inspired, you know, by the founding of the Malay Empire, you know, the, the king who left and came back to take his father's throne and, you know, build it bigger. That's Sundiata Keita. So, yes, it's possible for others to tell their stories for you. So, Idris also points us that we must also begin to assert our own stories on that scale. So, it's not always big budget productions should come from outside to tell our own. So, how can we also take ownership of the uh, and control of the storytelling process? How can we, you know, I mean, begin storytelling projects from Africa that can grow onto the big global stages of the world? So you've spoken about asserting our voices. Uh, let, me, let me speak to uh, Omo right now. Omo, what do you think we can do to assert our voices on the global market? What, what can we do? Um, so I think that first we need to understand that storytelling is universal. You know, there, there, are, like, there are certain things about storytelling that is also universal. It's not just about, fine, we want to tell the African story. But what are the plot of our stories about? What are the theme of our stories? Because, you know, when I was thinking about this, I also thought of Bollywood and I thought of growing up. I remember watching a lot of Bollywood movies and I see my, I find myself crying. And these movies, because they have themes that people can relate with, as much as they are showing their culture, they are also telling strong plot stories. They develop characters that we can, we can relate with. We can remember. So I think before we even start saying we want to tell the African story, I think we need to solidify our storytelling as a people. We need to tell ourselves, okay, fine, we want to tell this African story, but how do we tell the central theme of this to meet international standards? Because if we watch Bollywood back then, we were just, you know, moved by the theme of their stories. And then it's, it developed into we getting more interested in their culture. We found ourselves wanting to be like the Indians, trying to learn their culture, wanting to dance like them, sing like them. So I think that every other thing would follow if we get our storytelling right. The basics of it is how are we telling these stories? We are definitely telling the stories. I would not disagree with that. We are telling a lot of it. But are we telling it right? Are we telling it in a way that it can compete universally? Like now here in Nigeria, we had like um, a film, which um, we had a film recently, CJ Abbas's um, Mami Water. And it's breaking boundaries right now. It's in Sundance. And that's just to tell you that if these stories are properly told, they can actually transcend butter and borders. So I think we need to just tighten our storytelling first. And then we can now sell our <laughs> culture as well. Okay. Uh, Peter Serufia, are you there? Hello, Peter. Okay, let me come to you, Tony Asankuma. Tony, you are a film critic. Now, sometimes most people talk about the fact that those that tell our stories from outside, they, they twist the facts. They give us factual inaccuracies in the stories. How do you deal with this? Okay, um, Kwame, I, I think the line was breaking. I, I didn't catch um, the latter part of what you said, please. 
Hello, Tony. Can you hear me now? Hello? Yeah, I can hear you now. Okay. So, yeah, it's better now. All right. All right. So if you just logged on, this is Joy Entertainment on Pax Twitter Spaces. And this is what we do every Wednesday to make sure we throw our spotlight on issues bordering on art, tourism, and culture. And tonight, we're taking a look at African story. How well have African filmmakers told the African story? Uh, story. We've tried so much to also um, get to understand what the African story is. And right about now, we are looking at how we can tell the African story better. How can we tell the African story better? Chief Mumin has spoken. Um, Tony Asankuma has spoken. Kwesi is uh, a movie show host from Uganda. He has spoken as well. Uh, Omo from Nigeria has also spoken. And now we want, to, we want to understand how we can also get there. You know, if Idris Elba tells us that Africans should tell their own stories and not allow people from outside to tell their stories for them, what does he mean by that? And so we are trying to analyze that. Tony, if you can hear me now, uh, you can answer the question. Yes, uh, I was saying that I didn't hear the the last part of your question, but um, uh, let me just go ahead. I think you are trying to ask from a critic standpoint. Yes, yeah, so I was, was asking from from your standpoint. You know, most people say that some of the uh, the movies produced for Africans or the African stories produced are usually mm -hmm. twisted facts. You know, you you watch the the whole movie or you observe the story and you see that there are inaccuracies, factual inaccuracies in them. What do you, what do you say to that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's a, um, should I say it's a, a, a problem that would um, exist for forever until we are in a position. When I say we, I say us Africans are in a proper position to tell our stories well enough, because I believe to a certain regard, we are telling our stories, but like almost said, um, we are, are we are we have we improved on our storytelling to the point where it's attractive to the rest of the world? So so that so much so that it gets to a point where um, a foreign production company comes in and story that we've been we've been telling over and over, and then adds a little twist and turn to it, and it becomes a, a global hit, and then everyone is in awe. But yes, we are telling our stories. I think the challenge here. The challenge here that we really need to pay attention to is that we do not have to forget the, the importance or the reason why we are supposed to tell these stories. Because a lot of the time, a lot of things are lost in translation. That's when these foreign production companies come in and they try to tell these stories, end up um, misappropriating facts or the, and and you, you, you know, for Hollywood, it's all about a bit of um, exaggeration, you know, a bit of uh, sensationalism. So they, they find ways to make these African stories a bit more um, more active or more marketable. And to a very large extent, they, they end up distorting the facts. But when we are in the driving seat, when we are in the, the position where we know we can properly tell these stories, we can... We, we, we are in control of our storytelling capabilities. Then we control the narrative. It's all about being able to control the narrative and telling the stories the way they are supposed to be told. Because when you go to every tribe, even here in Ghana, there are certain stories that only those tribes understand. And only...
those pipes are able that really is the problem uh, that really is what needs to be paid attention to because regardless we are telling the stories regardless we are telling the stories we've all been talking about how to tell our stories well how to tell the stories well what is missing what is that what are the missing ingredients um peter can you answer this for us yeah, so, um, like I said, I think that Idris Elba or whoever says that we should tell our African story has to be specific. I mean, because I think the, the only point they are trying to make is that um, get, go back into your past, go back into your history and tell those 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 stories from your 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 past, from your history, from where you, you your, your ancestors came from and things like that. That is what they are trying to say. They, they don't find... And an exact way for it, and just say tell the African story. Because can you tell me that you've watched a film, a Ghanaian, a film made by a Ghanaian that is not an African story? Can you tell me who has made a film in Ghana that you can say this is not an African story? They are all African stories. It's just that they, they feel that we should make a certain kind of story. That's why they will come with the woman king and then because those are stories from, from our past. And that is the kind of story that they probably term as African stories and want to to see us make. But those stories come with a lot of budget. Those, you, are, you are creating a, a whole era, a whole generation, you know, a whole cycle. And it comes to a lot of money that we don't have. And that is why we don't tell that, those kind of stories. And I keep saying that um, I do not think as a creative that anybody should be compelled or uh, impressed upon to tell stories that they are not inspired to tell. If I am not inspired to tell a Kwame Nkrumah story, I don't think that I should force my way to tell a Kwame Nkrumah story because I want to tell an African story. Like I, like we've been saying, like what really is the African story? Is there is there a color to it? Is there is there a word to it? Is there some some way that we can identify? Like I said, we've been telling the African story. It's just that we are not telling the kind of stories that uh, they 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 want to see us tell, and that's why they come down to tell it. Um, an example that I want to give you also is that sometimes when you are too familiar with a certain story, it becomes repetitive and you don't want to consume the, the same thing. You just imagine that you have an orange and I'm still giving you an orange where there's, when there's an apple. You rather prefer to take the apple than add another orange to what you have already. And that is how the whole story world works. So, so you could see that even if someone tried, people have tried to tell those kind of uh, uh, biopics and historic movie period pieces and things like that. But economically they've not been successful because these are stories that people know already so it's like you are retelling them stories that they already know they want something fresh something new something they've not seen or heard before and that is how it is and the reason why these stories are doing so well in the western countries is because they've not heard of it before they don't know about it so it's fresh to them you get a whole perspective and so if i am a producer who is also um uh, business oriented decide to tell a story just because I want to be very uh, indigenous. I want to uh, go back into 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 the past and tell those stories, and I finish, and people feel like, oh, this story is new. I mean, you can sense it all from how even the woman came performed in, in around across Africa, even especially Ghana. It was not as patronized as Black Panther. Black Panther was told like an African film, but they used an imaginary world that does not exist in Africa. So people thought, okay, this is something new. Let's go watch it. And you see the numbers I want to watch it. The African know the African story. They want to see something new, something they've not heard about before, something they've not seen before. And that is what happens even in other countries also. People in India also have heard stories 
in the past, now when you see Indians, they are moving away from their traditional way of telling things. They still use their colors, their 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 identity, their culture, something. But the, the stories are changing because people want new things and not things that they've seen over and over, things that they've heard over and over. So I think that these questions need to be put in proper perspective because I believe strongly that we are already telling the African story. People just wanted to tell a particular story that we don't think we have the inspiration and the resources for at the moment. Okay, let, let me move to... Um, Kwame, can I, can, I, can I come in briefly? Okay, okay, Chief, come in, yeah. Hello, Chief. Hello, Kwame. Yes, you can, you can talk, yeah. Hello? Hello, Chief, you're on. Okay, still on Joy Entertainment on packed Twitter spaces. Uh, we have other people join us right now. We have a Sir Kwame, who's a filmmaker, also listening right here. Um, I want to speak to Kwesi Patrick, who is uh, a movie uh, host, a movie show host in Uganda. And I know that uh, Lukman Ali, for example, is doing great with his productions, and uh, some other people trying hard to also project the movie industry in Uganda. Patrick, if you can hear me, um, do your movie or filmmaker... Am I the only one also... not hearing Kwame? Or everyone else is hearing him? Hello? Can you hear me, everybody? Okay, so Kwesi can hear me. Kwesi, I'm asking yeah, if, can hear if you. your filmmakers also go way back into time to... to Kwame, you, you, are, you are a bit off. We can't hear you. Hello? Can you hear me, everybody? Yes, we can hear you. I can hear you. Yeah, I can hear you. Can hear me. Peter, can you hear Kwame? Yes, they can hear me. So yeah, I can hear you. I mean, if you had a call come through earlier, then you would have to drop and reconnect. It happened to me, so you have to try that. Okay, okay so, so I, mean, I didn't have any call, but on. I can hear Kwame. I can hear you, but I can hear Kwame. <laughs> okay, Chief. Um, maybe you can just leave the space and come back. We will put you on again, and then uh, you reconnect with us. Uh, Kwesi. Patrick, Kwesi Patrick from Uganda. And uh, I spoke about the fact that your movie industry is also now growing. Now, do you have some of your filmmakers go way back into time to pick uh, stories of historical uh, importance to to develop into their their movies? Do you have that happen in, in, in Uganda? Because it appears from Peter Sudithia's point that could be the, uh, the import of Idris Elba's statement in that interview. Yeah, uh, of course, so we have, uh, we don't have a lot of people are telling uh, uh, big stories. You remember, I know everyone here knows Idi Amin. He, he's, uh, he's known all over the world, how, how he ruled this country. And of course, there was a movie like Raidon and Tebe. It was done in Hollywood. It wasn't, uh, there was a lot of uh, things that they fixed in. It wasn't told exactly the way it was about how Idi Amin uh, had issues with the Israelites raiding uh, in Tebe and uh, uh, kidnapping uh, uh, Israelis commandos. So, but we don't have a lot of uh, of, of uh, our own new because our, our industry is growing. So we don't have uh, uh, filmmakers here in Uganda telling the indigenous stories because those are the most important stories to tell. Especially people are related to them, uh, like uh, how Uganda, how Idi Amin chased the, the the Indians. You know how Idi Amin was one of the worst dictators in the world, and the whole world still knows right now. Actually, they, a lot of people know that Idi Amin is still. Uh, having a lot of uh, uh, say here in Uganda. But uh, we have dif difficulties, of course, uh, uh, telling our own stories here. Uh, like the way I told you at the beginning, we need to tell our own stories. One, There is one story 
that was told of course even you know how Lukman had even got an award in, uh, in Nigeria at at um, at, at uh, uh, MVCA Africa Movie Choice Awards because he told our own story now when we started acting uh, we tried to copy Hollywood stories and uh, other stories we couldn't make it because we can't reach the level because of the finance because of how we do it and the knowledge and the skills and how we, to understand our audience first of all we need to understand the audience the audience, what does it understand about our own African stories? What Idris Alba is saying is correct, that actually we need to tell our own stories. That's what we shall, we shall, we shall sell. That story of Wakanda, by the way, the story of Black Panther is, is uh, a myth, of course, in the African story. Imagine they just created a story out of the blue to tell about, uh, to tell about a, an African story. But in actual sense, we have very rich stories here in Africa. We can tell, as I've given you an example of Idi Amini. Idi Amin, they've done quite a number of movies that have actually sold in, uh, in, in America there. So I'm thinking the way we have to tell our own stories is to first understand the audience. How, the, how, how well are they versed with the stories in African settings? We shouldn't just create a myth like for Wakanda. They try to do, of course, uh, uh, like that movie of... Uh, uh, of uh, there's a movie, an African setting they told about, Gilas Nyerere actually. But it wasn't actually the real way because when Muzungu comes in Africa, they try to put in their own stories. They try to fix in a few, a few fixations so that uh, the story sells. But in actual sense, an Afri we should have an African producer, an African uh, cameraman, an African filmmaker to tell our own stories. But if we bring James Cameron to tell our African story, they will change the whole story. I will give you an example. We did a story of Museven recently called 27 Guns. It was done by our own African producer, our own African uh, 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 director, and it actually sold here in Uganda. But of course, uh, they bashed it just because of the technology, the, the script writer. We lacked that, uh, um, we lacked that uh, infrastructure, we lacked that uh, technology of Hollywood so that it could sell. Second of all, we lack marketing. You see, a movie, let me give you an example, a movie like uh, Fast and Furious uh, uh, X5 right now. Uh, uh, okay. It is... It's being marketed all over the world before even it even comes out. Right now, for us, we have a lot of stories, but they don't market them. We don't have markets uh, here in Uganda, in uh, in Africa, actually. <laughs> you see. So me, I'm thinking we ha we have to be get our own African uh, uh, storyteller to tell our own storytellers, not getting a, a Hollywood director to come in uh, Ghana to tell our own story. Okay, let me move to Omo. Omo, you are you are a film producer. How do you feel when you watch a movie uh, that has an, a typical African story that has been distorted by a foreign producer or or director? You know, if a film production company from outside Africa does a film that is of an African, you know, origin, and then they tweak the stories. You, as a movie producer, how do you feel about it when the facts are distorted? Hi, thank you. So, um, it could be, it could be quite, you know, it could be quite funny sometimes when you watch them and you're like, oh no, this didn't happen. Oh no, this is not what I heard, and all of that. But at the same time, we need to also understand that, um, those people, it's film. And, you know, when we say film, it means that it can come and be, it can be interpreted differently by different people. Now, the question is, are we saying that this story is, is just sticking with our history? Are we saying, like now, for instance, in Nigeria, we have a film that's yeah, an historical film on Queen Amina. I don't know if anyone has seen the film. 
And the film actually told the story of Amina, which of which some people still felt like, oh, it didn't totally represent us. And this was actually told by a Nigerian. And people still felt like, ah, oh, wow, this didn't represent our culture. This didn't represent us and stuff like that. So we would definitely have all this. But at the same time, just as um, the speaker said, we need to also tell our stories. But we should also not forget that even our stories, how many of us know our stories? And how many of us actually put in the work in telling our stories? It's not enough to just say, I want to tell the African story. Or I want to tell this historical story. Do we actually put in the research to find out what is this story about? Do we put in the efforts to ensure that what we are talking about actually relates with the African story? I think so. These are like the issues that I think we also need to factor into it when we are talking about how these stories are being reported and so many other things. All right. Great. Great. Uh, Joy Entertainment on Packed Twitter Spaces Conversation. My name is Kwame Dazi. This Spaces Convo, it's brought, powered by Joy Entertainment. And we're always live on Joy 997FM Twitter page right here. Joy FM is part of the multimedia group in Ghana, uh, the biggest media company in Ghana. And we have brands like Hits FM, we have Joy News, we have Joy Prime TV, we have uh, Joy FM, of course, we have Adum FM, we have um, uh, Asempa FM, Isha FM, and all the other brands under the multimedia group. And this particular Spaces Convo is to make sure that we get deeper into the topics that are quite mind-boggling for the industry or to industry people. So today we're trying to look at the African story and how well Africans have told the African story through film. And so uh, we're still on. Now, let me get to Chief Mumin. There is one aspect of the storytelling which uh, most people, most foreigners who tell African stories have been criticized for doing, and that is putting Africa in a bad light. As African storytellers, um, is it compulsory? Do we do we owe that responsibility to make sure that every movie that we produce carries some some sort of positive thing that will make the African continent or African people uh, look good in the eyes of the world? Hello, Chief. Are, are you there? Yes, okay, yes, I can hear you. Yes. Great. Yeah. So I was I was asking if, um, as African storytellers or filmmakers, do we owe that responsibility to make sure that anytime we put out a movie or a film about Africa, a story about Africa, it is one that will put Africa in a very good light? Well, I mean, it depends on where you're coming from, right? I mean, um, what you want is to have a diversity of representation. You, what you don't want is to have a particular stereotype that one continues to project time and time again. Then that distorts a particular image and creates a particular impression. So what we need is a diversity of voices and representation. I always believe that art, whatever it is, whatever film, music, theater, does two things. One, it shows people who they are. So it's a direct representation of the reality. But most importantly, it shows people who they can be. So art is both representation but it is also aspirational so, and i believe that as african artists we have an important role to pray to play in creating the aspirations that our people have to follow you know in creating alternative realities that, that they can aspire to but also in projecting a side of the continent that is edifying especially because we are coming from a system and environment where we've had an over 
expression or abundance of the stories of poverty, of disease, of witchcraft. You know, we've had a lot of those stories, right? So you begin to wonder, are these the only stories that we can tell? I remember there was a time that we used to criticize that all our movies were have gone past that era, right? So, uh, yes, even though we do not have a responsibility necessarily because the artist must be true to his or her voice and what they want to say, but I think at the back of every African artist, we must understand the important role. I think that we are really the last frontier for the development of, you know, the continent. And if we fail, then everything else fails. Our politics has failed, businesses have failed in some way. So it really is the African artist that is holding the continent together. So if we have that at the back of our minds, then we may also think, what kind of stories? And let me just give an example. And let me use, for example, music videos, right? Okay. We know okay. that we are in a continent that is, you know, uh, let's say issues of skin bleaching. You know, we spend billions of dollars to import skin bleaching products, you know, into the continent, you know, because of our warped idea of what beauty is, because we have bought into that Eurocentric understanding that the fairer you are, the more beautiful you are. So that is fueling some particular commerce that is not in our interest, right? If African movie producers, content producers continue to produce stereotypes, so if the more all our big, big, you know, actresses are of a particular coloration, then what we are doing is that we are entrenching that understanding and that belief that the standard of beauty is this Eurocentric standard of beauty, and that has impact and consequences on our economy. So I think that it's important for African artists, for African producers to be conscious of the nuances of our culture as against the global community we, 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 we participate in and ensure that our content does not continue to reinforce our subjugation but in a way our content liberates us liberates our thinking for us to create the proper african realities that we go so yes even though we may not be obliged i think that every african artist has a moral responsibility to ensure that their art in the long term would uphold you know and bring about some kind of freedom and development for the continent omar omar do african do african filmmakers give a true representation of what Africa is. And then even uh, Chief Moment also mentioned the aspirational aspect of it. Do we also add that in totality? Do we, do we put all that together in producing films for the world? Um, sorry, I didn't get the question. I was asking if we, we truly represent Africa in the, in, the right, in the right way, you know, okay. in the real sense of the word. Do we give the, the, the true representation of Africa in our storytelling? And also, uh, with respect to what Chief Woman said, as, uh, as with aspirational side of the whole storytelling, you know, we trying to portray what we want to become through storytelling. Yeah. Do, you, do you think as African filmmakers, we've been able to do that? Yes, I believe that we've been able to do both. We've been able to tell the African story. We have, here in Nigeria, we have stories, like we have a story now, um, Griot. We have, we had the Amina. We have, we've had several stories that have told the African story. We even have like a lot of stories on, if you're conversant with Africa Magic, you're going to see a lot of stories there as well. You know, built around the African setting, the African story, the African culture. We even have them in the cinema now. That's what people are embracing now things that are African related. We had the Anikulakbo, we had Ainla and so many others. So yes, we are actually 
telling the story. Now, in terms of the futuristic one, I think we're also going there. But I think that's where the issue usually comes because even we as Africans believe that the African story should only be cultural or be our past. And I think that a lot of people are not welcoming and opening the fact, to, open to the fact that we are also our present and our future. So I think we tell both. But I think a lot of people just don't categorize it as an African story because they believe that African story has to just be about tradition, culture. But they forget that it's about everything, what we are now, what we've been and where we are going. So I still stand on that, um, you know, premise. Okay. okay. Thank you very much. If you just uh, joined us, this is Joy Entertainment Twitter Spaces Conversation. Uh, Osekwami is on as well. Adam Naite is programs manager of Joy FM. She is on as well. I've seen Motombo, the poet, also on joining us. Yeah, so we are having a discussion on African story or African filmmaking. We're asking how well African filmmakers have told the African story. And that is what we're doing right here on this uh, space. Make sure that you follow Joy Entertainment on all our social media platforms my name is Kwame Dazi and I work with Joy FM now let me tell you something about uh, a statement that uh, Lila Jansi who is a Ghanaian filmmaker in the US said or she made a few months ago and according to her she was once denied funding for a film because her lead actor was black now I want to look at you know sponsorship funding and all that if that could also have an effect or an influence on the type of story that we put out there could that even influence um the the african story that you want to tell funding you know sponsorship is it is it one that could also affect the storytelling of african filmmakers uh let me throw this question to you uh peter Sarifia. yeah um kwame <laughs> I mean, if you if you notice, every question you've asked, all my answers have been towards this same line that producers in in in, in Ghana, I mean, especially most parts of, of of Africa, I mean, it's just recent time that Netflix Netflix has penetrated the Nigerian market and it's giving money to producers to make the kind of film they want to make or the kind of film that uh, they want to see. But largely, people are looking at, if I invest my money into this film, am I going to make it back? I've, I've had um, a filmmaker send me a very beautiful film, very African, very indigenous. It has won awards at film festivals. But when I sent it to my distributor, he told me, Peter, these films don't do well on the, on the distribution front. They do well at festivals. And so you need to as a filmmaker, decide who your audience uh, are, whether you are taking it to the festivals or you are, you are making it for commercial purposes. Now, most of the stories, like I said earlier, that the people expect us to tell are very periodic films. And those films, imagine me trying to tell a story that happened in, say, 1954. Do you know the amount of uh, antique cars that I need to import into the country to 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 depict that era. Do you know the amount of uh, money I have to spend to build a set? Uh, look at this. Look at even my film, Alvaro, that I tried to create my own world to make. I spent a lot of money, and that is not like a big a big film. If if you want to look at it, 
But stories like those historic films need a recreation of the whole era. And that's a lot of money that we don't have. And so if it just ever is talking about us making that kind of film, then it must, it must commensurate with the kind of funding that we should be also have. They have the money. Today they can decide to go and tell Hotel Rwanda and they'll fund it and make it look so beautiful. They can decide to uh, make uh, Idi Amin. They'll fund it and create the era and make it so beautiful because they have backing of big, big studios that give them a lot of money. Look at the film like uh, uh, Toti that won the Oscars from South Africa. You realize that that film is even an African film, was made in, in South Africa. But when you go to look at it, the studio that produced this is a Hollywood studio. It's a Hollywood studio. So it means that a lot of the story that we need to tell that people are encouraging it to tell are very capital intensive. And I don't have that fun to 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 make that kind of movie. And so I go with the with the with the other approach, telling a universal story, stories that people can watch in India and relate with, stories that people can watch in Nigeria and relate with, people can watch it in 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 America and relate with. It's like okay, identify with this uh, story. Titanic is not an American story, but when you watch it across the world, you can also feel that. You fall in that space. You can relate with it. So you like the film. And that is the story that a lot of us are telling in Africa, inspired by some African right. stories, but not necessarily uh, stories from the past. All right. Well said, uh, Peter Sadufia, Ghanaian filmmaker. Let me pick Gina Din uh, of Gina Din Group from Kenya. She has something to say to us this evening. Gina, how are you? Hello, Gina. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Are you? Great. Great. I'm, I'm also doing good. I'm sure you've listened to all the speakers uh, make their submissions. What do you have to say? So um, what I have to say is that I wrote a book um, which came out um, late last year. And um, I've taken the book around to several African countries. And what has really been surprising for me and really encouraging was that we have so many stories um, by women that have not yet been written. Um, and so one of the things that I am doing is creating a platform for African women to tell their stories. So it will be a Daughter of Africa platform for African women to tell their stories in their words. Um, because I think, you know, we, if we don't tell our story, somebody's telling our story for us. And the narrative would be completely different to what the truth is. So I think it's really important that we encourage more women to actually tell their stories and whether they end up in movies or wherever they end up, but to document their stories because they're powerful. Um, and we owe it to the next generation to, you know, to, for them to see role models that look like them. So I do think, um, I do think it's important that we tell our stories as African women. I'm really looking forward to um, our launching the Daughter of Africa platform. Um, but I do think it's important that we encourage more women to, 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 to tell us about their lives. So uh, Gina is also concerned about telling stories um, about women. So that is her concern there. Let me move to uh, Tony Asankuma. Tony, um, you've listened to your other colleagues speak to the, the issues. Uh, Gina has come in just about now to talk about women, the women aspect of it. Do you think we've not really told stories about women enough in our, in our uh, films? Well, I think um, the first thing I would ask myself is how much, how many films um, is enough stories about women? 
um, one mentioned that I, mean, I wish I've seen, which I, I loved, um, all that film can I think of. Again, you know, keep going back in, in going on what you said, keep seeing that uh, there are lots of stories that need to be told, right? Um, and with every story that we should tell, with every story that we told, there's people that push, like, it hasn't been told right, or, or um, it's, it's not competing well, it's not telling exactly what they're supposed to be told. But we need to tell the story regardless, you see. Um, I, one thing I noticed also from what that has been said is that I do not, I do not um, there's a problem with production coming into Africa okay. and then um, it appears, um, Tony. It appears your line is breaking. Uh, please, uh, I don't know if you can you can reposition yourself or reconnect. We can hardly hear you. Let me go to. Hello. Okay. Still, okay. Still right here on Joy Entertainment Unpacked. Let me pick QDM. QDM has also been listening to us. Let me pick his thoughts on all that we've said so far. Hello, QDM. Hi. Yes, I know you've been listening to all the discussions that we've had uh, from the beginning of this particular conversation. What do you have to say? Um, okay, I just want to respond. There's one thing I connected to, one thing you said, which I'd like to respond to. <clears throat> okay, go on. All right, at some point during the discussion, you mentioned whether we should, uh, in a way, glorify ourselves in the stories we tell, right? Like, should we make ourselves look really good in the movies we make? <laughs> and yeah. I think that's a no-brainer. I think... Immediately, yes. When you're making African films, I think somebody mentioned a lot of the focus is around the bad things, you know? Like the poverty, mostly the down places are what we see. Like for me, I grew up in a household watching a lot of Nigerian movies. And I'm not saying it's bad, but most of it is centered around uh, some tribe and some family that's not very well to do. I understand that that is the case. But that's not exactly a global story that can bring in more investors into the industry for Africa. So I think when we tell African stories, we should try our best. In fact, we should exaggerate how good it is because that's what Hollywood is doing. Hollywood exaggerates how good life in America is. America is not that good. I'm telling you, it's not amazing. But they exaggerate it. They make us feel like, oh, my God, I want to go there. And we can be doing that. We can be doing the exact same thing. So if we look at the Korean side of the industry, they're doing something similar because a lot of my friends, especially girls, they're getting so into Korean drama, you know? And if you watch a Korean piece, there's a certain way of life they depict. That's not real. It's exaggerated. And I think if we exaggerate, we get our honest ideas and essentially we make them entertaining for people to want to watch. And we can do that by exaggerating what they mean slightly. So yeah, I just wanted to say, we should make ourselves look good on the screen. We're making the movies, for God's sake. Let's make ourselves look like superheroes if we want. Uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much all I wanted all to right, say. All right, so <laughs> Q, Q is talking about how how important it is for us to make ourselves look good, you know, with our film or with our stories and in our films. And so that is one coming from QM. Yes, um, Peter. Yes. Um, so I would like to respond to the, the, the last, last speaker. I mean, 
a lot of the things he said are supposed to be the ideal situation. But sometimes when I'm, I'm, I'm speaking, I'm speaking from like the reality, what, what is happening? Because I've made like four films, I mean, I still counting and other series. And, and when I'm marketing them, I know what, what, what is happening. See, Africa doesn't have the market. I'm, I'm, I'm telling the truth. Our markets are in the Western world. They tend to pay a lot more money for our content. And those people are not, excuse my language, but trust me, they are not enthused. They are not uh, excited. They are not moved by an empowered Africa, uh, a very beautiful Africa. Uh, Africa is so beautiful, so empowered. They can do everything by themselves with a superhero kind of, they, that doesn't move them. That's also unfortunate. But trust me, if you give them those films, they're like, this is not the Africa I know. So those films don't even go anywhere. They feel like you're just trying to lie about your continent. And then when you start giving them the impoverished, the world tone, the, 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 the what, what do you call it? The dirty Africa. They're like, whoa, this is, you see how they, they rush for such film and they pay a lot of money for it. That is the irony of the whole thing. And so that, because people need money, that influenced them. They are empowered to tell more of those stories than telling very positive stories. I remember when, when I did my first film, Keteke, I, went, I was in London and I had an interview with the BBC where I was trying to tell them the positives out of the film that I, was, I had made. But this presenter was trying to force me into a negative narrative just to accept that we are not as, as, as developed as I'm trying to now argue my case, but we're still in that devastating and very important. That is the kind of story that they want to hear from Africa. I, I'm, I'm so sorry. The, that is the truth. No matter how empowering you make your film about Africa, it's not going to fly within their continent. So if we have a market within Africa that is able to patronize our own stories, that's able to pay well for it, trust me, we will tell a lot more of, uh, we will tell and project a lot more of the, the, the positive side of Africa and the, 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 the powerful side of Africa and the beautiful side of Africa. We want to do that. But the market in Africa is not allowing us to do that for economic reasons. I'm so sorry, but that's the reality. I, I, I want to agree with um, I want to agree with Peter because okay. um, even here in Ghana... Yes, um, I think Peter, I mean, from an industry perspective, I know he's... he's, he's Okay, Tony, hello. Yeah. Tony, yes, I was saying that yes, I was saying that I agree with Peter to a certain extent that even here in Ghana, you um, got to a point where he had sort of what called Gollywood, where people, filmmakers were trying to need a, 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 a refined um refined love for Ghanaians. And a lot of Ghanaians on that like okay, this this is over this is an organization the other world so if the people in the country are accepting stories like that I don't think the rest of the world would be so much interested in us telling an over exaggeration for ourselves. I think whatever story that we treat itself be be an African story, what what we owe ourselves 
is that honest as we can in telling those stories. That's what we have to focus on. We have to be completely honest with the stories that we choose to tell. If there are stories about hardship, we have to be honest about it. If there are stories about um, uh, the, the prospects of the future of Africa, we have to be very, very honest about those stories. Okay, Chief Moment, uh, let, let me hear you. You've, yes. you've heard from um, QMD and Peter said if you are talking about the fact that, you know, when we talk about all oh, the few good stories about Africa, this is not what is going to help or get us um, the, the audience we want from the outside world. Do you, do you agree with him? Well, I mean, from an industry perspective, I understand where he's coming from. I mean, I, my trade is exactly into telling, empowering, and edifying African stories. In fact, in my narrative, I say that I'm trying to produce films that, uh, sorry, uh, content, starting with theater and then films that go against the grain, you know, the stereotypical portrayal of Africa, poverty, disease, you know, wars, not that those things are not present, just because we need other portrayals of Africa. I agree with him that when you are pandering to a western gaze where the market is where the resources are where the purchasing power is they have a particular perceived notion of africa you know so they need to see the poverty they need to see the disease they need to see the um, the impoverishment for them that is an authentic portrayal of the reality which is a challenge that we must face and see how we can skirt around it because the markets that we are looking into have a particular stereotype that they want us to consistently keep feeding but the point here is that we can't continue to do that obviously for man this independent point of view you know you struggle and get your money to produce you want the movies to sell right so for example as Peter said, if we had a much more bigger industry, and I think that is happening, the purchasing power is increasing, and we can look at what is happening in other parts of, of, of the industry, let's say the music industry, right? You know, some of our brothers and sisters in Nigeria and parts of Africa are becoming big global stars because there's a diaspora that is buying into this empowerment African narratives. Either they are black, you know, Africans who went across the Atlantic or current Africans who have immigrated, you know, to Europe or to the Americas. You can find that there's an increasing you know black diaspora who themselves are increasingly becoming conscientized about you know buying into content that is different from the stereotype that is why the music business is growing and that's why these global stars are now crossing you know to become big you know stars from africa to the rest of the world i think that that transition gradually can take place you know in movies as well the only thing is how do we get the resources because i agree with you to produce a historical movie that will be enthralling and engaging requires a lot of resources to create an environment environment that is believable because your set your costumes everything must be believable how you said that movie and that requires resources that is why the conversation must now begin to turn what are we doing within our own continent what are african you know entrepreneurs doing how are we finding patrons who invest in the art unless we're able to find opportunities to invest in the art so that we can tell the kinds of stories we want to tell to asset us because i believe that a fantastic production wherever it is coming from will make well let's take a look at the indian movie bahubali which was like the biggest investment in an indian movie that crossed and made so much money became the highest grossing indian movie it cost them over 40 million dollars to do it imagine those the budget that they used to do like, like let's say woman can raise a 50 million dollar 
movie for an African producer to do something, you know, even if it's a historical fiction, even if it is projecting Africa in a positive light. I feel that at the end of the day, the spectacle will always win, you know, if you're able to engulf people in the world. And I think that those stories are there. That's what some of us are trying to do with the history of ancient Mali and other histories, you know, with the one Mansa Musa story. For me, it's all about how we're able to find the content. So yes, practically for a young new movie producer who is trying to make ends meet, it may be difficult to do those kinds of movies. But if we're able to create systems where we get the right investment to create the big spectacles, to glorify our stories, which is very important. Let's also understand that culture is propaganda, whether you like it or not. And where pro propaganda was, the Americans have done it, as the other speakers said, you know, the Asians are doing it, the Indians are doing it. People are selling themselves. So if we say that, okay, we want to remain true to the reality, there's an aspect of that prop cultural propaganda that we cannot run away from. And there's the aspect of glorifying our people, our stories that would empower our continent and i would even argue that africa needs that more than any other part you know of this this world so i understand peter's point perfectly but i think that that reality may be changing because of the growing di african diaspora who will buy into content and if anything for me can prove that our filmmakers can be as fair. so i want us to look at the you know the music video industry you know that's Three minutes, yes, you can see the quality that they are producing. Now, if those people had as much resources to produce blockbuster-level movies, I believe that they can sell locally as well as internationally. Thank you very much, Chief Moon. Hi, uh, Play right. Um, Omo, I'll come to you. Um, let me do this before. So, Chief Moon is a playwright, Ghanaian playwright, and also a poet, and he has spoken about uh, this particular topic, talking about the need for us to glorify the African story that we put out there. Now, this particular discussion is premised on a statement that Idris Elba made, and he was saying that African stories have always been told outside of Africa. It is important that we start telling our own stories inside of Africa from Africans. And according to our speakers here, uh, they think African stories have always been told right here in Africa. Maybe what they think Idris was trying to say is to tell our historical uh, stories, you know, those old stories. That may be or that could be what he was trying to um, imply maybe in that particular statement. Now, let me pick Kennedy, who is a reporter with uh, VOA News. Let's hear what he has to say to us this evening. Kennedy, how are you doing? I'm very well. How are you? I'm also doing good. You've listened to all that we've said so far on this topic. What do you have to say? Uh, first, I think I need to begin from a point where one of the speakers indicated here that we do not have a market in Africa, yeah, uh, for Peter the Sedufias. which is absolutely not true. Um, we Africa in Africa, I think I can say this with so much confidence that we've we've had so much curated content from a list of trailblazing filmmakers uh, on the continent. Brilliant African stories coming from the content, the global market. Look at the people that have, have come from the continent to the outside, the outside world. We're talking about the Lupitas of this of, of Kenya. But again, we, we are having um, our very own filmmakers. When you look at South Africa, we have uh, Dumisa. Yeah, you go to Kenya, we have uh, Wanuri Kahyu. Yeah, Nigeria, we're having Adetiba. In Uganda, we have Lukman Ali. These are very, our very own who are creating curating content. Uh, for, for, for the for, for, for this particular content, uh, continent, but I want to go still to what uh, uh, Gina Dean said. 
if we do not tell our own story, someone somewhere is going to tell it on our behalf and is going to tell it in a different lens. So Africans, we must tell our stories and these stories must be told by our own creatives. Yeah, because we, we've seen the, uh, the way most of these stories from Africa have been twisted. African history has been twisted. Yeah, and, and if people should stop making a business out of selling twisted African narratives, then we should be putting our own creatives there who are going to come on board and, and, and curate content that is about Africa, portraying Africa as a positive, uh, uh, positivities on the continent. Many times we've said Africa is not just about disease. It's not just about poverty. It's not just about bad governance. There are so many things on the continent that we can capitalize on. Look, look at Nigeria, for instance. Look at even Ghana, for instance. They're trying to curate content that is about Africa's history. You go to our villages. We have Africa has different African uh, countries have different cultures, very rich culture. Look at our people with different traditions. Yeah. So when you look at how these countries are curating this content and the consumption rate of our people on our own televisions tells you that still there's much that we can do. But we cannot stay here and say that we do not have uh, the market. We are feeding the global market. Yeah. So what I just want to indicate here is that authentic representation of Africa's various cultures in film and TV is very integral in filmmaking. We have underprivileged groups on the continent. We have marginalized groups on the continent whose stories can be, um, uh, content can be curated from this kind of stories. So our stories need to be told. But we should, we should always be alert because sometimes we tell these stories and then we fall prey to people who want to uh, look at Africa from the lens of poverty. People who want to look uh, at Africa from the, from, from the lens of famine and, and foreign aid. That people are beggars on the mm -hmm. continent, which is not true. So I, I can say that we, we have creators on the continent who are trying to do much to bring a unique picture about the continent outside there. And we must capitalize on this, create our own okay. market, and let the global market tap from the African market. Okay, so thank you very much, Kennedy. Uh, Kennedy is a reporter, VOA news reporter from Kenya. Thank you very much. And he disagrees with Peter Sodufia uh, on that statement. He made that we don't have the markets. Uh, okay, so that is something that Kennedy disagrees with Sodufia on. Let me speak to you. I would have been happy if, if you mentioned it. some markets, okay, but you didn't. I think Peter wants to make a rebuttal. Peter yeah, I would, have been, I would have been happier if he mentioned some market, you just mentioned the name of producers and things, which we are, like, that's the same thing we are saying, that we have producers around, but they don't have the market. So that is not, I don't think that is even like uh, uh, an opposition to my, my my position. I think a lot of filmmakers that are practicing and are industry people would agree with me largely. I think the only thing that I, I can comment on this is what we should be talking about is the the the, the, the capital or the the kind of investment that needs to go to this. That, that is, could be the problem. But for instance, let's look at Nigeria. Nigeria has had very many filmmakers curating content about African cultures in the villages and so forth. Has Nigeria lacked market? 
It has not. So if we can create and consume, and we've seen Nigeria do the same, we've seen Ghana do the same, then why are we saying we don't have content? I think we should just be creative enough, we should just be unique enough to create content that is going to be consumed by people so that international market can tap into African market. All right. Thank you very much, Kennedy from Kenya. He is a reporter for VOA News. Now, let me come to you, Omo, now. It's your turn. You've oh, wow. Been... Yes, <laughs> no, you, can, you can talk. Okay, so I wanted to talk um, about what Chief uh, Momen and Peter said. So I think that both of them have a point, and um, QMD also said that we need to, you know, exaggerate our stories. And uh, Peter raised the issue of funding, which I think is really, really, really a big problem in the industry. I wouldn't even lie. And um, it's something that we are also all trying to work around as producers and see how we can fund the stories. Because as a lot of people have said, we have the stories. But sometimes when we look at the technicalities that go into making the story, I was having a discussion with um, someone recently and I was telling the person how we don't do research sometimes for our films. Because, yes, we want to tell the historical stories. We want to tell this, we want to tell that. And one problem that the historical stories have always had is that we don't do proper research to find out what really happened. And the person was like, oh, yeah, because we don't have the funding. And remember, he will pays the piper also takes the tune. But that doesn't also mean that we should not try our own best as filmmakers to still tell these stories. Because if we look at it abroad, they have every type of story. If we're looking at the US, Hollywood and co, they have all sorts of stories. They have stories from the shanties. They have stories of the rich. They have even futuristic stories. So it doesn't mean that we cannot tell those stories as well. And um, as it has been pointed out, even the music industry, they all had their struggle at some point, but everybody, you know, were able to conquer this by doing the little they can. And we're already having filmmakers doing this. I just think that we need to intensify you know, this effort and putting more work in terms of actually this is the Nigeria or this is the Africa that we are propagating. This is our own Africa. Yes, you have your ideology or idea or whatever it is of Africa, but this is the real Africa. And we saw it play out in a, we've seen it play out in a lot of Hollywood Hollywood movies as well. All this woman king, they mostly show empowerment women taking charge and so many other things. So it can happen. We can make it work. And this does not take away the fact that funding is still a big issue for us. All right. <laughs> okay. Omo, Omo is a filmmaker in Nigeria. She has spoken. This is Joe Entertainment on Pact Twitter Spaces Convo. Comes your way every Wednesday here on Joy 997 FM Twitter handle. This is a Spaces Conversation brought to you by Joy Entertainment. Of course, this is the entertainment hub for Joy 99.7 FM in Ghana. And we do it like nobody's business. Part of the multimedia group show produced by Philip Nye and with support from uh, the social media team, uh, Oliver Fangnon, and also we have our programs manager, Adam Knighty, listening right now. Now, let me move to Daniel, who has been standing by to speak to us. Hello, Daniel. Yes, 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 yes. Um, thank you so much, Kwame. Um, thank yes. you so much for this space. Um, it, it's very timely. Um, 
Um, it hurts me so much as as a lover of film and and what I've seen um, um, on the continent over the years. And I mean, I, we've seen um, filmmaking on the continent grow so much. And I mean, the, we're not where we used to be in terms of our story writing, in terms of our production and all that. But I think that we, we need, um, um, African films need a voice. African film need a voice, especially in Ghana. I mean, seriously, aside... Um, Tonya Sankoma doing GH Movie Con once in a year. It's like there's no voice for filmmaking in this country. Uh, music has dominated the space for a long time. And um, even when a movie comes out, unless it's a movie, it's coming on Netflix. You don't really get um, any kind of publicity about stories. Yes, they do it on the radio stations, but it's not amplified enough. And I believe that we need to increase um, that space. We need to have podcasts. Filmmakers should have podcasts to talk about their stories, about what they are bringing out. We need to do a lot. I mean, the Twitter spaces are there and we need to really amplify our voice and build a community of people who watch our films. Over the years, we've been bombarded with Hollywood movies. So the standard is so high and sometimes we want to compare what we see in Hollywood with Africa. But when we understand where we are and we understand where we come from and the stories that we have, we can see an amazing growth. And I think that we should amplify what we are doing, the growth that we are seeing currently, even with the little funding we are having. I mean, we should try and amplify our stories. I've seen um, um, short stories from Osef Kwame on Jotes. I've seen Peter's, all, all of Peter's movies. I've seen everything. But anytime I talk about it with my friends, a lot of them have not seen some of these stories. And people are not exploring enough. I believe that we need to find ways and means to amplify that voice. Our brothers and sisters in Nigeria are doing an amazing job. I've seen some of their productions on Netflix that are doing amazingly well. And I think that we need to see how best we can build an audience, especially for us here in Ghana. And I think that it's, it is really timely. Tony cannot do it alone. Yeah. We need more people in this space to increase the voice. It's like a see for film in this country. It's like, I mean, once in a while, I, I think since the last time I, I heard anything about film is when um, Pascal Laka released a uh, uh, movie went on Netflix, um, Good Coast Lounge. That was the last yeah. time we heard anything about yeah. film, and that is it. And then it will go down, music will dominate the space, and then we'll leave it. But to, today, we we'll realize what um, the news that came out about uh, Black Sherry featuring on, uh, what do you call it, um, on one of the uh, soundtracks Creed, for Creed, Creed 3. Creed. And I mean, it just it just blew up. There's so much that can be done. There's so much cross collaboration we can do with music. And I think that this are spaces we need to explore. There's so much opportunities. When we look at our limitations and we depend on our limitations, I think that we're going to struggle and find it even more difficult to build going forward. Let's see how best we can draw people to watch our stories, our own people, not people from outside the diaspora and all that. Let's see people right on the continent. Let's see how best we can build our own streaming platforms that we can push it out there. I see people in villages sit down on Sundays and Saturdays watching DSTV um, and the EPL. How can we also find ways that means we can get our stories to such places? I mean, we need to think about it. And I think that we need to have some of these conversations. Let's have our podcast. Let's do YouTube. Let's do um, Twitter spaces. Let's amplify the voice for film. And I believe that uh, would, would, would gradually, we are going to build a strong audience on the continent that would lead to build a market. Because we all know that um, our, our, our theatres are, are, are very limited. We need to build more theatres. And there's so much that needs to be done. And I think that we need to start increasing the voice for film. Um, so that's the little contribution I would like to um, add to this conversation. Uh, Thank you very much. submission there, Daniel. Let me pick Empress. 
And then I would also talk to Trickmatic, who is a Ghanaian musician right here. Empress, let's hear you. Hello, Kwame. How are you doing? I'm fine. Okay. Um, as Peter just said, we need to push up. We are doing good in the industry. And we need to we need to look up um onto ourselves. We are not pushing, we ourselves are not pushing it. We need to push it ourselves. Okay. Um Ghanaians most most they based on um Nigerian movies, which they see to be quality than ours. Are looking at things, we are we are we are really trying, and we need to we need to push it up. We need to look on our quality quality level, and we'll be there. Yeah. Okay. Thank you very much, Empress. Yes. Uh, let me come back to you. Okay. Um. Let. What's your name again? DJ Mars. DJ Mars. Can we hear you? Hi. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear awesome. you. Awesome. So um, I've been listening to all of you and your comments. So just as a customer point of view, right? I'm not a music director. I mean, sorry, I'm not a movie director, right? I'm a DJ. I'm in Malawi currently, right? So um, about talking about the market, all right? Um, what are the things that the directors are doing to, you know, help us and make it easy for us to, you know, have access to the movies? For example... You know, if I want to watch anything else, I can just like um, log into Netflix, you know, straight away. But um, is there any platform where I can find African, you know, movies? Or is there any platform that Africa wants to create for uh, people who are staying in Africa and want to watch African content? That's like my first uh, question, you know, to all these producers. Because I believe the market is 100%. There's a lot of people who want to watch African content, African movies, you know, because um, if as a, as a continent, you know, we can uh, rock with Ama Piano, during, uh, I mean, across the whole world. So, you know, that means we can definitely have a success with all um, different kind of uh, movies, you know, all different kind of stories, right? And lastly, what I would like to say is that um, before... Uh, this is my last question before like um, you know producing a movie what how are the directors you know uh, thinking about investments and funds are they like um, saying that okay with these funds let's save some for us then put some on the movies or are they going like hundred percent out with the funds on the movies and and be like all right fine it doesn't matter if I go broke but I'm gonna give it all the best I can so that this movie you know, um, becomes a hit. For example, um, the West uh, makes movies and the East also makes a lot of movies like India, you know, but they have uh, an ease for their, uh, their market. For example, a small city in India has so many cinemas that people can go to. I live in Malawi and there is no cinema at all. All right. So uh, imagine like um, how hard it is um, for Malawians to ac uh, access, you know, movies that, uh, that have been released in Africa, all right? Uh, so, you know, and for example, if the West, the US, you know, Hollywood uh, releases a, a movie, I believe all of you have watched uh, Hotel Rwanda, right? It's, a, it's, it's based on Africa, right? So um, how can it become such a hit, you know, and Africa release, releases a movie and it, it doesn't become a hit? I mean, there's something and somewhere that we're going wrong, right, where we all 
have to just you know figure out because it's just um, not Africans that would love to see African movies. No, it's the whole world that would love to see Africa because Africa is you know uh, represented as uh, Wakanda, but it's not actually Wakanda, right? The true Africa is it's its beauty and it's the people, it's the friendliness, um, um, you know, in the whole continent. So yeah, I mean, uh, that's basically it. Thank you. Okay, thank you very much. Thank you very so, much, um, DJ Maz. Thank you very much, DJ Maz. Maybe uh, I just wanted to contribute something, Kwame, yeah, before so, you DJ DJ Maz. DJ Maz asked two questions. I don't know if Peter Sedufia or Omar would like to uh, answer those questions because I know Peter spoke at length about the funding aspect and then the distribution aspect. Is this something, Peter, you'd want to speak to, or uh, Chief? Do you have? Yeah, I'm coming. The thing is this that um we 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 do we try our best, we do our very best. I mean, uh my colleague from Nigeria will bear me witness that as filmmakers, as producers, we try our very best to to make the kind of stories that we think that we are inspired to tell and put in the investment that we want to put in it. But unlike Nigeria, so far in Africa, who has a bigger industry in terms of also population, movie population and cinemas and things like that. Trust me, when I released my film in 2020, Ghana year, I think if you go to Silver Bear, that seemed to be the 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 the, the biggest uh, Ghanaian film that has been released in the in the cinema, even the opening they did in Black Panther. But the truth is that after that release, I didn't even make like half of my investment into the film. It has to take international distribution like Netflix and uh, all BK for uh, all black from from North America and things before I was even inching to my 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 investment and that's what I'm saying that a lot of the people that pay us as of now are not in Ghana uh, are not in Africa Nigeria has a market that is more or less like uh, like it circulates around itself they consume their own things, some spills over to the rest of the African country. And then our Netflix has entered the country and it's pumping a lot of money. So it feels like the market is now growing and becoming bigger. And that is the same thing that I'm saying, that these kind of investments that will allow us to tell our own stories, well, tell the stories that you want to tell, like Netflix is invested in Nigeria and they're telling a lot of Nigerian-inspired stories, a lot of historic pieces and things like that. And it is doing well because they are giving them money. That is what I'm saying. Not that we are not telling the stories that people want to see. I think we are doing our best. But just that some countries, the numbers are just not there. As I speak with you, I have Kenyans, Ugandans, and except Nigerians and South African. And, and even some other countries, filmmakers that have sent me a couple of films to look at and find distributors for them. And so it tells you that we are really in need of a market. We are really in need of a market. It's just that one or two, Nigeria and South Africa, that have distinguished themselves a little bit in terms of that. So it makes it feel like this is that big market. People want to consume the products, but really, we want more of it so that we can stay within our, our, our territory and make more and then earn more from it and not have to go outside our jurisdiction. Then we can tell our stories comfortably without any stress. Okay, thank you very Kwame, much. I just want to come in briefly yeah. here and add something. Yes, yes, uh, yes. Chief um, Newman, you can. Yeah, you can come in now. Yeah. 
So when you watch, let's say, a great movie, right? And let's say, and we're all using Hollywood as a standard, right? You know that there are a lot of professionals who come together to make this happen, right? They are the script writers who are professionals. They are the camera people. They are the directors. They are the score, com- the composers, the technical people. So when you watch the score, you see hundreds, sometimes even thousands of people coming together to make one movie. When you have such an assembly of professionals who come at top dollar rates, that's why their movies cost hundreds of uh, tens of millions of dollars to produce and more tens of millions of dollars to market. You can create content that would definitely be appealing. For example, in our part of the world in Ghana, I don't know of any local movie that even has a $1 million, you know, how do you call it, a budget, production budget. So you find that the producer becomes is the director. The producer is doing other jobs in addition just to make the movie go on. So he's thinking about directing, he's thinking about distribution. So like Peter like this, he's like, you know, he's taking on other roles. Whereas if we found ourselves in a more structured industry, he's just focusing on his job. Like others to do someone's job is to produce, someone is to direct, someone is to worry about distribution someone needs to work with the actors to train them and all of that so even the quality of acting you see that there's a difference so it's a whole value chain so if you have a system where you know you don't even have a one million dollar budget to make a movie in ghana i don't know people Peter can tell me i don't know any movie in ghana that costs that much there's a limit you know to the kind of creativity especially when you are competing if we are competing on a global scale you are competing with movies that have hundreds of millions of dollars so we know that these problems are there but as the industry develops, as more and more resources pop in, as Africa has a growing middle class, because at the end of the day, it's also about your purchasing power, right? If there are a lot more investment of the day it comes back to the number so what is the problem the problem is that there isn't enough investment to create the quality that will sell the kind of markets that you want to see which 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 is understandable but our people are trying you know they are doing several jobs in one just to get the production up peter has talked about nigeria which is like africa's leading movie market netflix has set come there and is pumping money in i think that it's also about creating an audience for the content that you are creating theater for example we say that you have to build your audience so as people's uh, taste become more inclined, you know, if you look at YouTube, for example, there's a whole business going on with YouTube content creation where people are creating short, short skits, you know, putting it out there and are beginning to make money and are creating a whole audience for it. So I think that if we put in place the right policies now and grow the structures, the distribution within Africa, out of Africa, and more investments come in, and we get one or two ex- successful examples of monies pumped into local productions and and those things have returned. Until Netflix, I think one of the biggest investments in the Nigerian movie industry, I, I don't know what, it was around $200,000. It was about the wedding something that they did and did again. You know, that, that is really small money. But I think that the industry is growing. And hopefully, if we keep at it like we're doing, having these honest conversations, encouraging policy, encouraging investment, we'll see the returns in the future. Thank you very much, Chief Moomin, there, Ghanaian playwright and poet. And uh, we still Atul, talking about... Atul, maybe, maybe my last comment. Filmmakers um, have told the African story right here. This is Joy Entertainment Unpacked, and we do this every Wednesday. Joy 99.7 FM right here in Ghana. And uh, we are from the multimedia group, making sure that we talk about everything in the creative arts tourism and culture industries right now i have um trigmatic who is a ghanaian musician also here with us he has a word for us this evening trig good evening good evening kwame i don't know if you can hear me well i can hear you loud and clear thank you 
So um, I'm I'm very humbled to 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 find myself in the midst of creatives like this and uh, powerhouses in, in in Africa, and I, this is just my little contribution. Um, I think Chief Moment has spoken really well, um, as much as everyone else here. One thing that we must understand, and you know, there's one thing being a creative, and then there's one thing being a businessman, and. I realized that there has been a wrong orientation about storytelling, um, especially in, in, in Africa. And I'm happy Chief Woman mentioned the, 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 the propaganda um, aspect of, of storytelling or it being a, a, a tool, you know, um, to, to tell a story or to set an agenda right. Um, these are things um, our business or corporate environment have not understood when it comes to filmmaking. So a, a typical African filmmaker probably does a film and uh, the first point of call um, is probably a family member, a friend or somebody that does business that he knows that he can go to. And this tradition has continued for a very long time. It is in recent times that we've have major uh, uh, um, investors wanting to come into um, the African continent. And so what's a better time to have this conversation but now? Um, and so I say that it's about time we reorient ourselves, even, even as professionals, and then also orient the, the immediate environment around us when we meet the business um, environment, or, or sorry, the, the businessmen and the business women, what are the conversations? What are we selling to them be, beyond the, 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 the passion, beyond the, the content of it? I mean, every businessman wants to talk about numbers. Like currently, I'm out of town and I'm on a production that that is, um, I'm not like, I'm not, on the production, but I'm working with a company that's doing the shoot. And I know how much is being invested and it's in Africa. And I know how much is being invested in. And it's being invested in, and I remember one of the meetings, one of the investor meetings that we have, the company itself was able to reach out to, let's say like like, like their province, uh, like, like the government in a way, an arm of the government to be able to pump in that money and in order to show the the investor that the security for the kind of investment that he's going to make they have even with the even with the pilots i know how much was pumped into that now bringing it down to a few other other countries governments or or other arms of government even ministries in charge of creative arts and and co not understood the real essence of storytelling even on the economic scale of the United arts, filmmaking, music, beading and all those things. These conversations are, are have uh, these conversations are as other topics as not priority. And I think it's about time us in the creative space begin to to sell it as a tool of priority. You know, um, I remember nine to ten years ago, um, some African content creators were to be understudied, and and I was part of the team. They wanted to do that. A few years down the line, I'm seeing what they are doing with the kind of 
kind of with that studies that was that was done a while ago. So when you it is one of the things. Even in our education system, there's not something that is taking um, very seriously. And, and that's something so I think we need a reflection. We need a different set. In a typical field, you have a lot of people who must come to the need for to see that much as it's putting. And there's also the ethics and the ethics of the show. Okay. All right. All right. I think, yeah. Um, thank you very much. Thank you very much, Trigmatic. I think your line is uh, tripping there. Let's speak to Osir Kwame, also a filmmaker right here in Ghana. He produced, he produced a film called Jolt. Yes, a film about a father and son. And uh, he's doing so well in the world of filmmaking. Osei Kwame, you have the microphone. Yeah, thank you very much, Kwame. I hope everybody can hear me. Good evening. Uh, we can hear you. Perfect. Kwame. So I've heard a lot of um, contributions. Uh, a, lot, a lot has been said about the African story, what it is, and how to define it, and the market, and everything in between. So I'm going to speak from my experience um, as a beginner filmmaker. I'm realizing that, well, most filmmakers have not um, or do not learn the entire spectrum of what uh, film is. And that was what Moomin was talking about in terms of um, the various departments that work on a particular film. Uh, you have the marketing team, you have the cinematography. Um, even in cinematography, you can bring down cinematography into different departments as well. You have the director, you have um, the colorist and everything. Like It's, it's so many um, facets or so many departments that work together to make a film. Now, the problem I, or the challenge I would see with, um, I would speak for Ghana or our space, is that we want to make um, the big films like what the Hollywood people are doing and we want to do it now. Or we want to also make them see that we are capable of um, doing films like them. And Peter was saying that funding is an issue, market is an issue. So how about we learn to walk before we slowly run? I made a short film, and in my making of the short film, I spent um, very little money. Um, it took a long time to make it. So in, in, in creating content, if you want it uh, quality but cheap, then it won't take, like, it will take a lot of time. It won't be fast. So you have to choose which of the uh, triangle or the triangle of sales or triangle of producing something that you can do with. So if you want something that is fast and very quality, it will be very expensive. If you want something that is uh, quality but you can't afford to spend so much on it, then it won't be fast. If you want something that's fast and cheap, then it won't be quality. So you have to choose which uh, two things that work for you in terms of creating the film. I made this film and I brought on my friends that uh, have the certain gear that work or have industry standard gear that would work for telling the particular story. I started writing the story in January 
it took us um, or it took me up to June before we were able to shoot because of course I wasn't paying them, right? But I wanted to do the film or make the film stand out in such a way that in terms of the quality, so much so that I know that, okay, if I have something to reference or I have something to show for it, it would stand out. And this is what I mean by we should learn to walk or crawl even before we learn to walk, before we learn to run. Why not um, invest more in, in creating extremely quality in terms of production quality short films? whereby we hone our stories, um, we look at our limitations, and use our limitations to rather create challenges. So my film, for example, is a conversation between a father and a son um, in one room. So that the challenge for me was, how can I create a film that is literally a conversation? It's only dialogue, two people talking, in one room and still make you watch the whole thing. That was the question I asked myself. So I asked myself, this, this is my why. What do I want to do? What do I want to communicate? What was the theme of this film? Now, the theme of this film was um, father-son relationships for millennials and how um, the previous generation that raised us um, is creating or has birthed a certain kind of people that have not confronted how they were raised, but are raising children of their own. So if you have asked yourself any question about how your parents raised you and how you are imparting that on your kids. How does it affect the growth of your kid in this modern world? Because times are changing. So I had, I had a, a theme, I had a reason, I had a, a purpose for wanting to tell the story in such a way. And then I looked at my limitations and I worked around how to make my limitations uh, not stop me from making the film. And then I made it as short as possible and as cost-effective as possible. It doesn't take away yeah. from the fact that, I mean, the film wasn't a feature-length film. I didn't market it. I didn't even want to make it for the money in the beginning. So if you can find your why, we've talked about creating markets, we've talked about creating community, we've talked about um, creating interest. I, I single-handedly um, did a premiere, which for what I charged for the premiere only took care of the venue and how much um, I would have spent to host people for free. So that in itself didn't okay. even give me any money. But what I wanted to wow. do was that I wanted people um, to become like uh, uh, preachers of the, okay. the word that I wanted to share. First right. of all, in showing them that this is what exists as a people or as a storyteller or as a story and it's not as far from you as you think as in it's very relatable so i created uh, okay. an environment or a, a very intimate space for people to um, share what they felt about the film i asked them questions they asked me questions back and this is what i see lacking in our industry at, or, or as far as i know because it's okay. free to speak to people. I mean, you can create, like, speaking uh, uh, spaces, like this one, online, like this. It's free okay. to speak to people. It's free to explain your reason for making the film this way. It's free to, Great. like, tell people that, okay, I made this uh, character wear this particular um, color because this is what it means. Um, you may have not seen it in the film, but if you watch the film again, you understand that, oh, that's why he's wearing this particular attire. 
That's why this Grassenbull was in his clothing. So there has to be a certain level of deliberateness in making our film. So much so that if you explain to somebody who has seen the film off the top of their head without necessarily paying attention, they develop a certain love. Like, oh, wow, okay. So the walls were even part of the whole set and story. All right. So th- there's there's so much depth that we are missing out on sharing with our audience. And that is what is causing okay. them to not necessarily be a market or target for us. It can be made so easy okay. with YouTube. So you, you realize that Hollywood, they make films and they use YouTube. Even Hollywood uses YouTube. And before the film comes out, there's a lot of um, content. There's the actor talking about his 10 favorite things just because they want to create buzz around it. YouTube is free. Nobody's paying uh, uh, them to upload that on YouTube. So you, you have to kind of plan all those things in your making of the film as part of your marketing. Okay, Kwame. I think your, yeah, your submission is great, uh, interesting. Um, Kwame's movie is Jolt. Go look for it and then uh, watch it. Let's take uh, the final words from our speakers. Yes, let's take the final words from our speakers. We need to leave here exactly at 10 p.m. And so let me start with you, Kwesi Patrick, who is a TV show host in Uganda. And then uh, we come to Omar, Chief Moomin, Tony, and then Peter. Then we say goodbye to you for tonight. So, Kwesi, um, yeah. let's, let's wrap up. All right. Me, my only advice is we should love what we do. We should put in love because I can give you an example. Here in Uganda, if there is an American movie in our cinemas here, they get full. But if you put an African movie in our cinemas, you find only two, three people sitting supporting our own movie in Uganda, you can imagine. So we should love what we do. We should love, uh, we should put in more emphasis and especially in our stories because it is our own actors, our own producers who have made the stories. But when we go to the cinemas, we bash them. Me, I want to. I, I want to say the way it is that uh, our African setting is we bash our own things. We we need to love what we do sincerely because I actually there's a gentleman, the speaker here, who said that he was he's in Malawi. I was in Malawi also. People were yeah. asking me. They yeah. looked at me. Yes, they looked at me like as if I'm I'm from Hollywood because they see all my 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 shows I do. Uh, the, the the celebrities I meet all over the world. He says, "How do you do it?" I'm like, "Man, you just need to. You have a lot of stories in Malawi." In a okay. long way, you know. So anyway, my last uh, my last uh, thing is to thank so much people for listening to me. Okay. Anytime, of course, we'll be in Ghana. And uh, the only thing, the advice I have for very many filmmakers is love what you do. Okay, thank you very much. Crazy Patrick from Uganda. Let me move straight to Peter Serufia in one minute. Let's say uh, goodbye to our people. A wrap up. Okay, um, I just would like to say that if you're a producer and you have money to make a film, no matter how much you invest in the making of the film, make sure you have some on the side for marketing the film. It is very important. Word of mouth is going to help, but that is not going to be enough for you. You have to just have a plan B, which is a word of mouth, but your plan A must be your own money that is selling the film for you. Thank you very much, uh, Peter Serivia, Ghanaian filmmaker. Let's move to Omo Nuola Giwa. Filmmaker from Nigeria. I got it this time around. You tried. 
All right. So I just want to say that let's remember storytelling. There are universal themes in storytelling. Storytelling is universal. As much as we want to tell the African story, let's get the storytelling right. Because when we do, every other thing will fall in place. So let's get our stories right. Let's tell the great story and let's create magic. Okay. Thank you. Omo, there. Tony Asankuma is a film critic here in Ghana. Let's hear you. Your final words. Um, first of all, I say thank you to everyone for tuning in. Um, I would encourage for us to have more conversations like this. I believe that um, most of our problems can be fixed, but they cannot be fixed overnight. We take a collective conscious effort to ensure that we solve all these problems. And I believe that once we have more conversation about um, all that is happening within our industry and getting our audience more interested in our industry, we are taking a step in the right direction of solving our problems. So thank you, everyone. Thank you, Tony Asankuma. Now, Chief Moomin, Ghanaian playwright and poet. Let's hear you. I mean, I believe that the greatest challenges presents the greatest opportunities. So the, the, the industry is very green. There's a lot of potential for growth. And those of us who are in the industry now have an opportunity to develop the templates and help the production that the industry develops. So let's just do the work we can. Maybe we will not reap the fruits, but future generations certainly will. Okay, so thank you very much, Chief Moomin, Ghanaian playwright and poet. Thank you very much, Kwesi Patrick who is a TV show host in Uganda, MBS TV. Thank you, Omonuola Giwa, Nigerian filmmaker. And then Tonya Sankuma is a film critic, film critic in Ghana. Uh, Peter Serufia is also a Ghanaian filmmaker. Thank you very much, everyone who also spoke on this subject tonight, right here on Joy997FM Twitter handle. This has been... Joy Entertainment. Joy Entertainment Unpacked is a Twitter Spaces convo that we bring to you every Wednesday right here on this particular page. So like the page or follow the page and also follow all our social media handles at Joy Entertainment. This is where we give you all the juice that you need to have as far as creative arts, tourism, culture is concerned. So all the relevant issues, we break them down so you understand them better. My name is Kwame Dazi, and I work with Joy 99.7 FM right here in Ghana, and we are part of the multimedia group. Make sure that you stick with us almost every time. So at the end of this particular conversation, one thing is clear. We are able to know that, yes, we still tell African stories. Yes, we tell our African stories, but what we think Idris Elba was referring to is the historical movies. That was what he was referring to. And then we also agreed, or it was said right here, that we need to glorify Africa with our African stories. We need our markets. We need markets for that. We need funding. And so also we should also love our own. We should love what we produce right here in Africa. It's been great having all of you right here uh, to discuss this topic. How well have African filmmakers told the African story? My name is Kwame Dazi. Catch you same, uh, same time next week right here. Join 997 and listen to Join 99.7 FM uh, on radio. We have great programs for you any day, anytime. Good night. <laughs>